This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. Good morning. My name is Sam Bulmer. I'm one of the pastors here at LifeGate Church. My husband Mark and I are expecting our first child in three months' time. And one of the things that's pretty normal to do when you're expecting a baby is to make space for them in your house. So we've spent um, the last little while going on a journey of decluttering. Now, we've lived in our house for um, a little over eight years. So over that time, we have collected quite a bit of stuff. So it's been quite a process of decluttering, of getting rid of a whole heap of old stuff to make space for some new things. The, the cot, the change table, the baby clothes, the toys, the bouncer. Babies apparently need a whole heap of things. And while it's been super exciting to buy new things for the baby, it can also sometimes be really difficult to let go and to throw out of the old things that we're finding, things that we possibly haven't even looked at or touched for a number of years. You see, letting go of old things can be difficult. They're familiar. They might have memories attached to them. They may be comfortable. They may remind us of, some, of the person that gave them to us. And sometimes it's hard to let go of because maybe, just maybe, one day we'll find a use for it. And when we find it difficult to let go of old stuff, in order to make new, make space for new stuff, we can sometimes find ourselves in quite a mess, even quite literally, like some of these people. A cluttered garage doesn't leave a lot of space for a new car. A packed closet full of clothes and shoes and scarves doesn't leave space for anything new, any new clothes. And a pantry filled with old expired products doesn't leave any space for new food. So what about you? What are you like when it comes to holding on to old things? Are you more inclined to throw stuff out or are you more likely to hold on to it just in case? Today, we're going to explore this idea of out with the old and in with the new in the context of Ephesians 4. This is now our fourth week in Ephesians 4. In week one, we started by looking at what unifies us as believers. And then in week two, we spoke about the fact that as believers, we all have our part to play in the body of Christ. And then just last week, Pastor Nathan looked at verses 17 to 24, which started off this idea of letting go of the old and putting on the new, which was introduced by Paul. Paul says to the church in Ephesus to no longer live the way that the Gentiles live. That's the old way. That's the old way of doing things. Get rid of that. Don't keep living the way you used to live. You're different now. You have a, you're a new creation in Christ. Your old life has gone. There's a new you. And now today we're going to pick up from verse 25. From verses 25 to the end of chapter 4, Paul gives us some really practical things about what to the old to let go of and the new to, to do. <clears throat> and these are 
actions or attitudes, characteristics of our new life. And he pairs these new with old. But just before we read the passage and have a look at these practical ideas, I want to remind you of the why. What's found in chapters 1 to 3 of Ephesians reminds us all that, all, of all that Christ has done for us, all that he's done for us as believers. And it also focuses on who we are, the new identity that we've been given as believers. Paul explains that as a believer, God has forgiven your sins. He's adopted you into his family. He calls you his children. He's given you gifts. He's given you an inheritance and he's placed his Holy Spirit within you. And the list goes on as Paul talks about who we are in Christ. As a believer, you've been given a new identity. The old has gone. There is a new you. And then we hit the second half of Ephesians from chapters 4 to 6. And it starts off in chapter 4, verse 1. It says, in light of this, in light of all that's been said in chapters 1 to 3, live a life worthy of the calling. And it's practical how to live as people who have been given a new identity in Christ. This is how you are to live. But it's super important that we understand what's to come through the eyes of what we've already, what we've already read. Because if we just look at Ephesians 4 to 6 on the practicalities of how to live, we're in danger of it becoming a checklist of do's and don'ts. But when we get a revelation, a deep understanding of the why of Ephesians 1 to 3, that motivates us. That motivates us to want to live the way God has called us and the way God has said is the best way to live. So let's have a look at the passage together, starting from verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. In these eight verses... Paul gives us five actions which are characteristics of our old life. And to represent the old this morning, I've got these old, worn out, falling apart, being held together with gaffer tape are boots. They're the old. And now Paul contrasts these five um, actions with five actions of the new life. And I've got some new Ugg boots here that are not being held together by 
gaffer tape are warm and cosy to represent the new this morning. Now, the five contrasting actions or characteristics that Paul talks about in these verses are these. He compares, he contrasts false heart, falsehood with speaking truthfully. Sinful anger is contrasted with sinless and brief anger. Stealing is contrasted with working and sharing. Unwholesome talk is contrasted with talk that builds others up. Bitterness, rage, brawling, slander, malice or harsh traits are contrasted with gentle traits such as kindness, compassion and forgiveness. Now, I'd love us to have a look in a little bit more depth each of these um, contrasting actions a little bit deeper this morning. But before we do that, I just want to remind you again of the the context that Paul is speaking into. Nathan um, spoke about this last week, that the behaviours that would have been normal and socially acceptable at the time in Ephesus. Nathan spoke about two last week, which was idol worship and also sexual immorality. But this list of the old would have been normal as well. This would have been socially acceptable, normal behaviour for the people at the time. And so speaking into that context, Paul says, out with falsehood, in with speaking truthfully. In verse 25, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour for we are all members of the one body. Now the Greek word for falsehood is pseudo and it refers to anything that is fake or false, anything that appears to be one way but is actually not, exaggerating, making false promises, making excuses and lying. Paul says to replace the old of falsehood with a new way of speaking. Speak truthfully. Seems pretty simple, doesn't it? (laughs) But how often do we find ourselves just slightly exaggerating? The fish was this big. Or maybe making excuses for why we're late or why we missed an appointment. You know, I think there's a few reasons it can be easy for us to revert back to the old when it comes to this point. Fear of rejection is one. Another might be wanting to hide our struggles or our weaknesses from others. It might be that we just want people to like us. We want them to think well of us. And so we can find ourselves reverting back to the old way of falsehood. But the result of these attitudes is that we are held captive in the old and that's not who we are anymore. We've been given a new identity. So church, let's speak the truth. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you make a mistake, own up to it. Take responsibility because we are all members of one body. We are all connected. Just like our physical bodies are all connected as the body of Christ, we are all connected. So that means that when we are honest, when we're real, when we're vulnerable with each other, we're not going to beat each other up. We're going to be kind and compassionate and thankful for that truth. Number two, out with sinful anger and in with sinless 
and brief anger. Verses 26 and 27, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not let the devil, do not give the devil a foothold. This out with the old, in with the new contrast is all about how we handle our anger. You know, as Christians, the emotion of anger is okay. There are some awful, horrific, evil things that go on in our world. And if we feel angry about those things, I think that that's okay. The problem with anger is what comes next, what comes after the emotion of anger. You know, Jesus got angry over the way that the religious leaders were treating the temple. William Wilberforce got angry over slavery. The problem is what comes next. Often the emotion of anger can lead us to losing our temper, becoming defensive, getting out of control, speaking poorly, belittling people, getting jealous, rage, seeking revenge, and the list goes on. So Paul is giving us this new for old replacement on anger. Firstly, by saying, when you feel anger, do not sin. Don't do the things I've just said. Don't chuck a hissy fit. Don't lash out at somebody. Don't yell and scream and disrespect and certainly don't get physical with somebody. And then Paul gives us this timeline of how to deal with our anger before the sun goes down. In other words, resolve it quickly. Don't allow that emotion of anger to linger because when we allow it to linger, it often can become resentment or bitterness. And finally, Paul says, don't give the devil a foothold. When we hold on to unforgiveness and when we hold on to bitterness and resentment, we give the devil an opportunity to come between our relationships. So when we seek forgiveness and we seek reconciliation quickly, there's no opportunity for the devil to come in and to cause division in our relationships. So that's the new sinless and brief anger. Number three. Out with stealing and in with working and sharing. Verse 28, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer but must work, doing something useful with their hands that they may have something to share with those in need. You know, in the first century, in the context that Paul is speaking into, it would have been typical to steal. But remember, Paul is talking about breaking these old ways, making a choice to live differently from the norm of society. Possibly when I said this point, you thought, tick, I've got this one covered. I don't go around taking my neighbor's property. I scan all of my items when I'm at the self-checkout and I don't cheat and claim for things that I shouldn't on my taxes. But I think that this... New for old contrast goes beyond just an action of not stealing and actually gets to the heart or the attitude or our attitude because the contrast of not stealing is working and sharing. So what Paul is getting at is the old way of life was to take but the new way is to be people who give, not just stop taking but actually 
give. Taking for us might look like having an attitude of what's in it for me, what can I get out of this? It might also look like holding back our tithe and our offering. In contrast, Paul is saying that the new identity of believers is to be people who are givers, people who work hard and have the resource to be able to share and to give with those around them and with those in need. Number four, out with unwholesome talk and in with talk that builds others up. Verse 29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Here Paul is contrasting what comes out of our mouths. The old self let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. Other translations say corrupt, talk which is rotten, putrid, pervert. Talk which tears another person down is degrading, is hurtful. Some examples of this may be lying, gossip, vulgar references, swearing, slander. Paul says that's how the old self used to speak. But now the new speech that is encouraging, is edifying, is constructive, is affirming. Talk like that actually helps people grow. I have the very fortunate experience of being married to a man who um, is excellent at building others up. He regularly speaks life over me, encourages me, affirms me in my giftings, tells me that I can do it to keep going when I want to give up. And the result of that over the last 15 years has been that I have grown. I have been built up. There's things that I do today that I don't think I would have done if it hadn't have been for his encouragement and his affirmation and him telling me that I can do it. So when we speak in a way that builds people up, it can actually be life-changing for those that we speak over. Our words are powerful, church. We have a choice We have a choice whether we're going to speak words that tear others down or we're going to be people who build other people up. And finally, out with harsh traits such as bitterness, rage, brawling, slander and malice and in with gentle traits such as kindness, compassion and forgiveness. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. You know, bitterness, rage, anger that leads to sin, brawling, slander, malice, these are all actions or responses of the old you. The new you, The new identity that you have in Christ is kind, is compassionate, is forgiving. But it's a choice. It's a choice for us to replace the old for the new. You know, these old responses can sometimes seem normal, seem like the way to revert back to. But kindness 
compassion and forgiveness is such a healthier and more freeing way to live. I love that Paul finishes this chapter by again giving us the why. Christ, in Christ God, has forgiven you. God had the compassion and the forgiveness to forgive of our sins. God doesn't blow up at us when we stuff it up, when we make mistakes. He doesn't slander us. He doesn't show rage when we sin. God doesn't harbour malice towards us when we neglect him. God is always kind. He's always compassionate. He's always ready to forgive us again and again. And because he acts that way towards me, I can act that way towards others. We're also given another why for our out with the old, in with the new, in verse 30. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Put simply, we grieve the Holy Spirit or we cause sorrow and lament to the Holy Spirit when we see all that Christ has done for us, when we decide we want to be saved, we want to be believers. However, then we continue to live in the old ways, the old actions, the old attitudes. This is what it means for us to grieve the Holy Spirit. When we as believers choose to to not replace the old for the new. I don't know about you, but there's something that really stirs in my heart when reflecting on this verse 30. So this morning, Paul has given us five actions or characteristics of our new for old identity. And we've been reminded why we should choose to live that way. Next week, Nathan is going to share further around how we can live out our new identity by allowing our minds to be renewed and by relying on the help and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So I really encourage you not to miss next week. I think it's going to be really helpful. But I want to just recap again this morning, the five old to put off and the five new to put on. And I thought I'd summarise it this way. Don't be a faker, a rager, a taker, a troublemaker, a breaker. Don't be a faker, someone who lies, exaggerates, is false in the way that they speak. Don't be a rager, someone who in their anger allows sin. Don't be a taker, someone who steals or has the attitude of what is in this for me. Don't be a troublemaker, someone who tears others down with their speech. Don't be a breaker, someone who exhibits harsh harsh traits such as bitterness, rage, brawling, etc. Instead, be a truth teller, be a peacemaker, be a sharer, be a people builder and be a forgiver. Which one of these five on this side are you struggling with today? Which one of these five do you need to go, yeah, I I need to take that more seriously. I need to take my new for old replacement. How about we just spend 30 seconds and just ask God, which one do you want me to be working on as we go into this next week? Let's pray together.
God, I thank you for what your Holy Spirit has just said to us. God, I thank you that as believers, we have been given a new identity, that the old has gone, the new has come. God, I thank you that we have a choice in this though. We can choose to live either the old way or the new way. And God, I thank you that the way that you say to live is the best life. And so God, I pray that you would empower each of us as we go into this week to not be the things on the left and to be the things on the right. I pray that through our actions, through our attitudes, through our speech, that people would be able to see you in us, see that there is something different, that as believers we don't live like the rest of the world because you've done something so incredible in our lives. God, I pray that your blessing over each person who's listening I thank you that you know them, that you love them, that you've got a wonderful plan for their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for being a part of our service today. Have a wonderful week. We hope to see you again next week. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church Podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers.